I'm just out for a little bit of a stroll in the fresh air today. And uh, like most neurodivergent people, once in a while my head does get kind of full. And I got to figure out, you know, some way to make sense of the chaos in there and kind of clear out the unnecessary things that don't really need to be in there cluttering up my thoughts or interfering with my well-being. So I didn't really prepare anything today as far as like a script or whatever of what I wanted to talk about. I thought maybe I'd just shoot straight off the cuff, see how things go. If you guys like this, cool. If you don't, well, I'm still going to run through this thought process. Whether or not you guys decide that you want to follow through to the end. Just going to sort of take a pin it here just to pan around so you can kind of see like the kind of environment where I like to come and do my thinking. Because while I do most of my recording in a studio, I do very little of my thinking there because I don't think a sterile environment is really like the most conducive thing to a healthy thought process. So um, I guess what's kind of got me bogged down today is in a couple days I'm supposed to go jump on an airplane and go visit my mom. And for anybody who's been sort of following me online over the last couple of years, you know that that relationship's not always been an easy one. And the most recent round of difficulties was involved or surrounding a, uh, a long period of estrangement, you know, like six plus years. And uh, sorry, I'm just a little bit out of breath here walking up this hill and you know one of the things that had made me reluctant to sort of bridge the gap at the end of all that time off of that relationship was not knowing whether or not I was going to be able to handle potentially grieving the loss of my mom a second time Sorry, I'm just a little bit winded here. I'm less in shape than I'd like to admit, but I'm just gonna sit here and take a bit of a breather while we continue to chat. <clears throat> so, you know, I had to be really careful when it was time to pick up the phone and say, hey, I think maybe it's time we discuss a couple things and see if there's anything left of this relationship that's worth salvaging. But um, as, again, anybody who's been following me on online for a while knows that, you know, the call did get made. There was relationship worth salvaging and, you know, moving forward from that point, I think we've done a really, really good job of not just like patching things up and getting to where we were pre-estrangement, but also building something that um, I think is valuable for both of us. 
was the, the relationship we enjoy now. I mean, it's not, um, it's not your typical like parent-child relationship, I guess. It's, it's a lot more meaningful. It's less based on obligation and more based on like transparency, honesty, mutual appreciation. And, you know, just a good solid base of communication. Because I think when you got two people who are both a little bit gun-shy gun about upsetting the other party to the point where, you know, they just say, okay, well, this is where we got to part ways. Then people tend to tre tread a little bit more carefully and think about, okay, like, I'm a little bit miffed right now. Is this something that we need to argue about? Or is this like a misunderstanding that needs to be cleared up? And... You know, because I think we've both been approaching each other in that way. It's not like, you know, we're holding each other hostage, but we develop like better relationship habits as far as, you know, just talking about stuff. She says something that gets under my skin instead of, you know, before would have been my knee-jerk reaction of like, what the hell is her problem? Why is she saying this stuff? Be a case of, okay, like, first of all, why am I getting my back up? Is this a me thing? Is this a misunderstanding? Like, what's going on? And I can just ask her, look, did I understand you to say such and such and such? And the funny thing is, is like 10 times out of 10, she'll come back to me and say, no, that wasn't actually my intent. It sounded better in my head kind of thing. But now that you point out how you received it, I can see how you would have taken it that way. <laughs> and it's kind of made things like, I think a lot more functional because I mean it's not just like her having to explain things to me I gotta explain things to her too because I mean part of what we've learned is that a lot of these things that used to be like cause for conflict between the two of us they're largely based in like this the similarities that we really share on a personality level I mean almost like we're mother and son weird right so a lot of these, like, what I had previously thought to be difficult to understand isms about her turned out to be, like, pretty easy stuff to understand. All I had to do was take a step back and think, okay, if it was me sitting in her shoes right now, where would I likely be coming from? And when I sort of flipped the, the perspective like that, I realized pretty quickly that, like, it's unlikely that she's just trying to be nasty and more likely that, I don't know, there's just something going on in her head that she wants to communicate. And I guess um, as much as these similarities can be cause for conflict, I think, sorry, as much as these similarities can be cause for conflict, you know, directly, they can also indirectly be, uh, or indirectly make room for conflict because when you assume that somebody is just going to understand where you're coming from, you can sometimes slip into the trap of getting a little bit lazy with the way you explain yourself. Maybe you don't add a disclaimer because you think, okay, well, so-and-so gets me. This won't upset them. And then you're surprised when it does. And instead of, you know, clearing things up, they bark at you, you bark at them. And then you got like two irrational people barking and like, where do you think it's going to go from there? No, we're good. Anyways, I'm probably rambling. This is why I normally stick to a script because I tend to repeat myself and go on a little bit too long. But um, really what I'm wanting to communicate is 
that we have gotten to like a really nice place in our relationship and I really, really do value it and it's gotten to the point where it's not just a case of, you know, like, oh, we can talk to each other now. It's like, I actually look forward to talking to her. I talk to her almost every day these days. And um, when we miss a day for whatever reason, I really feel like an important part of my day didn't happen. So as we're coming into her 80th birthday here and me looking at like how quickly she seems to be aging and how much she's slowing down and taking an honest look at like where her health is at. I'm realizing more and more that the day's going to come where I'm going to want to pick up that phone and there isn't going to be anybody on the other end to answer. And um, that's not really the easiest thing for me to think about. But as much as it's difficult, I kind of have to spend as much time as is reasonable thinking about that very thing. So back in 2002, I lost my dad. Um, after a fairly short battle with pancreatic cancer. He was diagnosed and I think it was like pretty close to a month later we were putting him in the ground. And I'd always thought that that was the most difficult way to go about grief. You know, when um, you, you dealt with, dealt a situation where you think somebody's gonna pull through and then it turns out that they don't. And uh, for almost, well, I guess it's been a little bit more than 20 years, for more than 20 years now, I've been lugging that big rock around in my backpack, thinking that that was about as heavy as things could get. But as I begin the grieving process of you know, surrounding losing my mom while she's still mostly alive and kicking, I realized that watching somebody that you care about slip through your fingers, that's um, it's a little bit of a bigger rock than having something snatched, somebody snatched away from you suddenly. So, You know, I guess that leaves me with the question, like, how do I deal with this? And I guess that's the question all of us have to face when we're looking at a difficult situation. It's like, how do we deal with it? And uh, I talked to a lot of different people, got a lot of different answers. But, you know, the I think the most realistic answer I've gotten was also pretty much the, the most vague is you're just going to have to figure out how to do it. And um, that's kind of what I'm trying to do. So my way of figuring it out is, you know, I take these walks in this beautiful park. I breathe the fresh air. 
and I take some time to reflect on the conversations that we enjoy now. I take some time to reflect on the idea that just like with my dad being gone 20 years, I mean, every day I wake up, I see him very much alive and well, both in myself and in my kids. The same will be true one day when my mom is gone. She'll never really be gone and definitely never be forgotten. But um, at the same time, she will be sorely missed. But um, as much as it's upsetting thinking about that day, that inevitable day, I think the best way to figure out how to deal with it is to keep on picking up that phone and calling her, see how she's doing. Even when I'm not in the mood, listen to her talk about her cat. You know, tell her about my day. Just enjoy the the little nothings that uh, make every relationship worth enjoying. But mostly just to sort of bask in the warm glow of the beauty that has come out of like all those years of struggle and conflict and you know I one of the things that that my mom brings up quite quite often she's you know I'm so sorry for all of those wasted years and I said mom we wouldn't we didn't waste those years we spent those years we spent those years working on ourselves we spent those years reflecting. We spent those years in the presence of other influences that prepared us for that day that thankfully did come a couple years ago where we were able to reconnect and to figure out how to approach each other in a functional and loving and meaningful way. So I don't feel like those years were lost, you know, and, um, I guess the flip side to the whole thing is like if we hadn't spent all those years apart, I don't know if I could have like truly appreciated the gift that is having her in my life. And, uh, you know, as much as people do eventually pass away or move out of our lives due to a variety of circumstances, the one thing that nobody can ever take away from us is the memories that are meaningful. So I just like to encourage everybody, I mean, whether you're dealing with somebody who is, you know, like my, my dad used to say, standing with one foot in the grave and the other one on a banana peel, or if you're just dealing with people that are healthy, alive, well, and are probably gonna be with you for a long, long time, just appreciate them every relationship's a gift even the difficult ones I mean they've got something to teach us so um thanks for letting me get that off my chest I, I guess I do feel better it wasn't just a walk but also knowing that some of you at least are listening to this and hopefully are making sense of some of my rambling but if you got thoughts on this or anything else I've talked about, you know, feel free to send me an email, send me a message on Facebook, Instagram, or best off, like, 
just weigh in in the comments section. And of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and uh, stay tuned for more content as it comes.